up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO, legend, and lore. Welcome back, welcome back, happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing well and taking care of yourself. So tonight, I know I've been gone for a little while and I've been doing a lot of soul searching and I came across an interesting article written by nobody other than George Knapp, who does tons of uh, <clears throat> paranormal research down in Las Vegas and um, has done... Uh, Skinwalker Ranch extensively, um, done a lot of UFO research, worked with um, Bill Burns from UFO Magazine and uh, UFO Hunters, and done tons and tons of interviews and, and tons and tons of, uh, uh, of articles. <clears throat> so today, I came across uh, an article that he wrote uh, nine months ago um, on Fox 59, uh, titled, After Three Near-Death Experiences, This Man's Mission is to Comfort Dying Veterans. Now, <clears throat> I do a lot of conversations and podcasts, and I've done a lot of research on near-death experiences, but this one's really cool because this guy, he he goes out to hospitals and uh, comforts veterans as they're dying. So, I mean, like, you know, when it comes to your passion and what you do in life and why you're doing it, and, you know, looking back at life and seeing why, you know, what you've done and what the purposes were, this guy's doing something really great with his life, you know, two decades he's been doing this. So let's go back to why and how this all really started. <clears throat> so why he was on this mission, why he is still on this mission and why it began. So um, the man's name is Danian Brink Brinkley. So Danian uh, it's D-A-N-N-I-O-N, and then Brinkley, like Christy Brinkley. Um, and he was a Marine, a star athlete, and a successful businessman. Uh, he wasn't super interested in spirituality or, you know, afterlife or anything like that. Um, but he was a Marine. Um, he served, and, uh, you know, he's a pretty tough guy pretty tough guy um and you know he didn't believe in in a lot of this spirituality actually kind of bullied it down a little bit um but that changed in 1975 when a bolt of lightning went through his telephone pole into the phone he was on remember they tell you not to be on telephones but he was during a, a thunderstorm and it traveled down the phone line and slammed his body melting the phone he was holding on to it went into the side of my head. This is Danian's quote. It went down my spine. It welded the nails of the heels of my shoes to the floor, and it threw me up in the air. I see the ceiling. It slams me back down. A ball of fire comes through the room and blinds me. I'm burning. I'm on fire. I'm paralyzed. So there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, you know, when you think about the amount of power that goes through a lightning bolt it's just unbelievable i can't remember if it's like ten thousand volts a hundred thousand volts i don't know something something crazy maybe it's i don't even it could be even a million for what i know but it's a lot and a lot of people get hit by by lightning some people die and some people don't um but this time he got hit hard um it actually came came out of uh it came into his head and went down through his foot uh, Brinkley said he left his body. He floated along with the ambulance as it raced his body to the hospital, and he watched from above as doctors declared him dead. He was dead for 28 minutes, and he woke up in the hospital morgue. I don't know if he woke up in, in the chute 
of the morgue, like where they put the bodies, or if he was just like on the table as they were just like preparing him to go into the shoot. But could you imagine like waking up in a body bag in a shoot? Like, holy shit, man. You would probably think you were like abducted by like some drug cartel or something like that in somebody's car or something, but like. You'd have to, like, start banging. You'd have to, like, try to unzip the bag. And then, like, hopefully you can push the door open and wiggle your way out or whatever. You know, it's like, holy, ugh. I don't even want to think about it. So, <clears throat> so there you have it. So during those 28 minutes, Brinkley says his consciousness traveled through a tunnel where he encountered a spiritual being of light. He under underwent a grueling replay of his entire life as seen not only from his perspective, but also anyone he had ever encountered. He says it was extremely humbling. You know what's interesting about this is, you know, a lot of times we talk about life reviews and we talk about the 360 view that you have of your life, but a lot of times we don't think about how we might see our actions from every single person that we encountered, not just like your family and your loved ones, but also like strangers, Random people, people you might only be friends with for a day or, you know, a few days or a semester, you know, or whatever. And you see how you impacted their life. And you know what's interesting? When I think about how I behave, I think I, think I behave in a certain way. And then I hear, like, I'll talk to my sister and she'll be like, oh, no, you did this and that, you did that. And I'm like, I did? I don't even remember doing that. You know, so it's like, it's it's always a perspective thing, you know, and, and sometimes it's a memory thing. Sometimes you forget about what you did. And if it was bad, you might block it out. If it was good, you might not even remember it. You know, it's those small things in life that really change the course of someone else's life sometimes or change, you know, the point system of your life, how good you did. If you're grading yourself on your life, how good did you do? Did you get a hundred percent on your test or did you, you know, get a little bit less? So, but the thing is, you know, when these, when Danian's talking, you know, it's not, nobody was judging. And he said that he saw his entire life performing a 360 degree panorama. He missed nothing. This is, this is his direct quote. I missed nothing. You know how, how many hairs were in the nose of the doctor who who pulled you from your mother. Imagine that. How many hairs were in the nose of the doctor that pulled you from your mother? I mean, when we talk about that, I think there's like a Bible verse that says that God knows every hair that's on your head. Um, and that's, I mean, this is coming straight from Danny, and right? It's kind of interesting. You know everything that there is from the time you open your eyes. So like the time you open your eyes from when you were a child to till you, you had passed. You have complete cognitive awareness, no doubt about it. And that's all happening at the same time, no doubt about it. Then you watch the same life from a second-person point of view, as if you were your own best friend. So he's, I watched the interview with him. He says you, you're doing this as, you, as though you are your own best friend. So, like, you're watching your life with a buddy the second time around. So he says you can see how silly, how funny, how dumb, how stupid it was. But it's your best friend, you know. There's no judgments, just looking. And then you literally become every person that you ever, you ever encounter. And you feel the direct results of your interaction between you and that person. So no one gets away with anything. 
no one gets away with anything. So that's the interesting thing is that, you know, people think, well, yeah, you know, can you go to heaven, you know, just by believing in God and, you know, believing in whoever, right? Whatever you want or not believing, whatever your beliefs are. Um, and, and you can, right? But you still have this life review and you, you're the one that is, is judging it, whether or not you did a good job or not, you know? So it's like, it's, it's, it's humbling. It's very humbling. And I always hope that I'm doing a good job, but I know that I'm not perfect. I know I, I suck at a lot of things sometimes. My, my relationships, I try to make great, but sometimes I screw up. And uh, I think I'm like everybody, and everybody makes mistakes, and hopefully, you know, we learn from them, you know, and do better next time. Uh, so there you have it. So um, after he had this encounter... He was back in a flash, kind of a, that's what they say, it's kind of a pun, right, with lightning, back in a flash, and he says he was back in his severely injured body. There's a picture in the article, his arm is like 100% black, like, you know, from this lightning strike, and um, he said it took him two years to walk again. He didn't tell people what happened, and when he did tell his family, they didn't believe it. <clears throat> imagine, imagine that, you know, like, telling your family what happened and they don't believe you. You know, I, I understand, you know, he <clears throat> he might have lived in a, in an area that might have not b believed in the afterlife or whatever the case is, but um, that would kind of be isolating, having people not believe you. Um, so in that same year, Dr. Raymond Moody released his book, Life After Life, and he coined the term near-death experiences. So Dr. R Moody and his book um, started to catch the eye of Danian and he met Moody and became his staunchest defender so they became pals so like you know before this Danian really he didn't believe in the afterlife and then he became the staunchest defender of it and that's what's really interesting to me is a lot of the times when people are sent back they're sent back and told to like go back and tell people that heaven is real or this is real you know the afterlife is real and these guys come back and they write a book and they, you know, they, they're, they're trying to get the message out there. You know, it's not all about money. It's, it's about trying to get the message out there. And sure, I mean, these guys can support themselves maybe, maybe, uh, you know, on a little bit of the income they might get from the book. But, you know, at the end of the day, they were told to come back and tell the story, tell about heaven and about the life review and about why you know, why, why what we do here is important, you know, we're learning, we're making mistakes, we're trying to do better, and, um, you know, that's, that's where we're at, so, <clears throat> so, in 1989, he had, Danian had open heart surgery, he died again, and once again, he visited the afterlife, so, he said he, he's died a total of four times, the lightning strike, the heart attack, or the open heart surgery, um, and a couple other times. Um, so he wrote the book Saved by the Light. So that's the, that's his biggest one out there. He actually has an introduction by Raymond Moody, which is cool. Um, so of course, right, he's got skeptics and debunkers that have come out and said, oh, blah, 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 you know, it's just an, a near-death experience is just the brain dying. People aren't actually visiting heaven. Um and then, of course, we have the people who believe in it, you know, and, and have done a lot of research. Um, and 
there are studies like the AWAKE study. If you want to do some research, research the AWAKE study. That study involved hundreds of doctors in, in multiple hospitals who placed pictures above the rooms in the, in the ceiling panels, above the operating rooms where people would die. And they would ask these patients to tell them what was on the, on the pictures and on the pages. And they would have people being able to uh, recall what's on these pages. Um, and the Wake study does more than that, but um, they, they recorded any out-of-body experiences, extrasensory uh, experiences during times of death. And so they did an entire study. It's really fascinating. So um, going back to this article, um, see if Danny had anything else to say. Uh, Brinkley, who later had yet another NDE during brain surgery, says he's happy to take on doubters, um, including religious leaders, about what happens when we die. He says, if I didn't go to hell in the last four journeys, nobody's going to hell, okay? <laughs> so when you learn you don't die, when you learn you're a spiritual being, you're not going to hell. That's enough to inspire you to change. So <coughs> there have been a lot of people... Who have stated they've had like hellish near-death experiences and they've called out to God, whoever that God is for you, um, and have had has had a hand come down and save them from the pits of hell. So there are people who have had hellish near-death experiences, but in almost every case, they've been they've been saved. They've been saved when they've been when they've asked to be saved. And I'm not trying to promote any religion or anything like that. I'm just recanting what, uh, recalling what these near-death experiencers have stated in their uh, experiences. But what's cool, you know, about Danny, you know, to wrap this up, he really has been a staunch supporter of veterans. He spent thousands of hours going to veterans' hospitals, uh, assuring critically, terminally ill patients that everything's going to be okay, that there is no death, that you will survive this, um, that you will, you know, continue to live uh, in the spiritual realm. And he's comforted many, many uh, veterans. And that's the cool thing is that, like, you know, at the end of the day, when you're rocking in your chair, you know, and you're thinking about your life and what you've done, hopefully it's something beneficial. Hopefully it's something that you, you've, hopefully you have helped somebody. It doesn't necessarily have to be a job that you've done, you know, because everybody does jobs for different reasons, but hopefully your overall demeanor, your relationships, your impact uh, on society and with people has made a difference positively, right? So that's what I think is really cool about Danian um, is that he's still doing that these these acts every, every day to this very day, and he actually has a, a website um, that helps inspire others to do the same um there's a lot of pictures in this article uh it's called the twilight brigade so it works with the veterans administration to ensure that no military vet veteran should die alone so he's he's giving back and he's encouraging other people to do the same so if you want to check that out it's called the twilight brigade um i think that's really cool um frankly now is kind of hobbled from a lifetime of all these injuries um, but he, he continues to help thousands of people every day. Um, and during the pandemic, VA hospitals cut off most physical contact between seriously ill patients 
and members of the public, including their family members and the counselors of the Twilight Brigade. But Danian says he's not sure when or if, but the program will resume. In the meantime, he says a lot of military veterans will die alone. So I, I, I see, you know, he has an interview here. And I, I think, you know, it's possible that, you know, he could do like some Zoom calls with some of these guys, you know, and uh, be able to continue his work. Hopefully that's been the case. I know in a lot of hospitals they're giving out tablets to uh, critically ill individuals that are there if they don't have their own phone so they can do Zoom calls with their family, um, you know, during times of COVID and that kind of thing so that they can continue to work together. Um, so that's that's really cool. So and then below this article, it actually has uh, the transcription of the uh, event and uh, of <laughs> the transcription of the interview, I should say, that Danian did with um, with George. So that's really cool. <laughs> if you want to learn more about it, um, you can go into this uh, transcription. Um, it's definitely pretty cool. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I didn't include here. Um, one thing he says here is he said, uh, after I had this panoramic life view, uh, he went to a crystal city. He said, there's, there's no words in the English language to describe it, but you have to try to give people an understanding of the experience. I went to the crystal city, and as I went to enter it, the being who had come to guide me merged with me. It merged with him, and it became the same. Now... Now he says, I've worried about that. I've listened to thousands of near-death experiences and real ones from the old days. He said, when that being merged with me, I had a heightened sense of me. I mean, I was more aware of, I was more aware of uh, less that I was Danian who left South Carolina. I was more aware of the Danian spiritual being, that I was even... uh, he was even more in, encompassed in his spiritual self more than this entity that was living in South Carolina, which is interesting because now we're talking about something that merged with him that even has maybe it had it's part of your soul that has the previous past life experiences merging back with you this with this part of you coming from this experience and giving you a more thorough understanding of your uh, spirituality. So uh, he stated that this this area looked like it was built of light. It had a nuclei, like you look at atoms and you see nuclei, but it was just those arcs and waves and movements of it. Then these 12 beings appear, and there was a 13th being to the right, just above the 12 in front of me, and it would designate one of these beings not in order, and then all of a sudden that being would resonate colors, emanating colors, and it would resonate to where it was, uh, and that was the only thing I saw. And then it was like a laptop, like a box of knowledge, would open up, and I would see a series of events, and I could smell them. I was physically aware of them, although I was not physical anymore. So he said he used to laugh and tell jokes, and he said maybe I died and went to the radio shack, because when you try to think about it, I went through 12 of these boxes. I never did quite understand the first couple of, of what the first couple of years was, but it 
was burned into me. It was burned into me as I was always uh, told I was going to be a guidepost for something that would be shown to me. When I saw what I thought were these events, these events would allow me to see markers. I knew there was a destiny being designed for me. I just didn't know what it was. I knew that I had agreed to it. I knew that I was chosen for it. That's the same thing everybody that's watching uh, is doing here. It's the same structure that I'm describing. I apologize. I'm trying to read this and kind of like paraphrase at the same time. But he says, there's no doubt about it. All of a sudden, he was floating above his body, covered in a sheet in a room at the hospital. So I guess he wasn't in one of the containers. Uh, he was on a slab in the mor in the morgue. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this this goes on and on. Um, there's a lot to it. It's interesting. Uh, feel free to, to, to review it if you want. I'm going to end it here. It's about 20 minutes usually. That's kind of where I like to wrap things up. Um, but fascinating near-death experience. Uh, hopefully you guys do a little research into it. If, if not, no big deal. If it's not your cup of tea, no big deal. Um, if I find anything else extra um, or particularly interesting, I'll bring it to the podcast. But hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys enjoy your evening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your loved ones. Follow through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Till next time, guys, take care and Lockdown Universe out.